0: Welcome back to Dick Carpod. I'm Jenna and I am so, so, so over the moon excited for this interview that I'm still like pinching myself. Like, I don't know how it happened. I slid into the DMs at the, the right time, I guess. That's the luck I've been having lately. Please welcome to the podcast, Tiff Durr.
1: <laughs> the stars align, Jenna.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> the
1: stars aligned.
0: They really did. And it feels so magical. Like, that, that's the beauty of being gay, right?
1: Yes. <laughs> just, just a whole bunch of rainbows and glitter and shit that we're doing right now. And we're just basking up our gayness right now. I love it.
0: Truly. Thank you so much for coming
1: on. Of course. Of course. My pleasure.
0: Yeah. Um... So uh, I guess if you've been living under a rock, Tiff was one of the cast members of the Ultimatum Queer Love. Just finished rapping last week. Obviously we're all obsessed with it. Having a queer reality dating show on the biggest streaming platform that is available today is something that I kind of never thought I would see happen. And every time I've been talking yeah. about it, it's just like, I get chills. Like, oh my God. <laughs> Wham, here it is. <laughs> yeah, and truly and and listen, truly, what the fuck? Literally, I was like watching Love Is Blind last season and they're like, Hey, would you like a gay version?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. my
0: god.
1: Might be a only matter of time. Who knows? Same same production company.
0: That's what I have, yeah, I have thoughts on that for sure. Uh, Yeah, it's been really great to see you on the season and really see your journey unfold, which was obviously good, bad, messy, <laughs> everything in between. Queen. Before we get into like the show and like talking about your experience and all that stuff, like let's get to know you a little bit more because I feel like the show was obviously, we, you've talked about it, everyone's talked about it who's ever been on reality TV. They obviously film like 6,000 hours and then they condense it down to like 10 hours of footage. And in that process, you lose a lot to an edit, but you also lose, like I think, getting to know somebody. So, like, yeah. I am still like going, like, wait, who is Tiff? Like, I, I, I know who, I know your face, I know your voice, but like, let's let's get to know you a little bit. Like, so tell us, tell us about yourself.
1: Yeah. Um. So originally, I'm from Washington D.C., Maryland, Virginia area. Like, we, we call the DMV out there.
0: Nice. Um.
1: I'm 34 years old right now, as of uh recording this. And I just decided one day about four years ago that I just up and wanted to leave and go somewhere I've never been, never been to California. Mm. My friend needed a roommate at the time. And um, within two weeks, I just up my shit and just went out to California, to San Diego, mm-hmm. and I never fucking looked back. And here wow. I am. I've gotten to love the city, gotten to love the west coast mm-hmm. i don't know like i think i kind of had this mix to me um i guess the world of what you may see on the tv show was kind of like i don't know a little bit in between right like a big crier but then a uh, uh, fuck boy but then not but then yeah but then not and like i don't know like that i do porn stuff all day and have sex all day like it's <laughs> really underneath i just love going to the beach i love um you know playing with animals i love watching like really nerdy like documentaries and like mm. i'm definitely a nerd a okay. big time this is good to know okay yeah like not like pokemon nerd but mm. like uh, like i don't know other i'm in it i'm a data analyst i okay. just crunch numbers and code and all that stuff and then I just I just love like random things that most people want. Yeah, you're
0: into Yeah, you're into like figuring shit out and experiencing life. And I love that. That's so good. Yeah. I didn't know that about you.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it definitely I come off like this mainstream like, I don't know, like I'm out to uh, you know, because they have to have a storyline and narrative, right? So I definitely come off more like the one that's like in a toxic relationship and just wants sex all the time and like will go after whatever they want and then cry about it and then come off like a fuckboy, but really I'm not. And like there's all this shit that I'm just like, what? I'm not saying that isn't me, but it's a small, small representation of me. If I could, I would just hold hands or fins with the dolphins and just be out in in riding the waves and just enjoying my life and probably singing with them like if I really could
0: you're so gay I love that oh it's so gay uh speaking of which like how how do you identify like I know we we have uh they them pronouns and Mm
1: -hmm. yep um um non-binary identify as a lesbian Mm -hmm. which by the way people were like how can you be non-binary and a lesbian if you aren't a woman No, you can't. God. I hate that And I'm like, you know what? I do what I want, and I say what the fuck I want. Mm -hmm. So, respectfully. You know? (laughs) Respectfully, I
0: do. (laughs) So It's so funny, because, like, I don't know, I mean, you're getting to know me, but, like, my little corner of, like, this, like, queer podcasting Bachelor universe, because I typically recap the Bachelor franchise through, like, a Mm -hmm. queer lens. I mean, it's hard, because it's, like, the straightest show ever, except for it is kind of gay, if you actually break down the stereotypes. But... Yeah. But it's like, I, I'm not, I'm not done on my woke journey. No one's ever done. We're all still learning and growing and everything is changing and I'm excited to continue to learn. But it is like hard sometimes you're like, you know, I felt like watching this show was like, oh, there's going to be a whole swath of people, queer and straight, who are just like not ready for this level of discourse from a show like this. Mm hmm and case in point you know <laughs> it's just yeah. wild
1: have you seen the um was it the is it the australia one wasn't there a queer bachelor
0: yeah there was a, a bisexual yeah pansexual um i haven't gone to see it because it's hard to get that kind of content here in america <laughs> oh you
1: can't get it okay
0: yeah we in a couple years ago on bachelor in paradise which is like the co-ed beach version we had our first ever like bisexual couple um two women and it was really great but it was it was a great example of like how the franchise wasn't quite ready for it the representation was messy the dialogue was messy the audience's reaction was like we don't care what you do but just keep it off of our screen kind of shit it was like really weird um Mm -hmm. But I feel like things have really changed in the last five years and a show like Queer Love Ultimatum really is, I mean, every conversation I have with somebody who's gay or straight, they're just like, this was really important
1: representation. Absolutely. I mean, like just the, I don't know, in the level of quality, I think, behind the production itself, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not like some follow along docuseries with three camera guys, you know, and shaky stuff like back in the day of like, you know road rules and like mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like it like it felt like it was literally like a mini like hollywood production so it was it was pretty cool to be a part of that definitely so the, yeah that the representation the quality you know i think the whole point of it, it i don't see it as a sapphic or a queer show i see it as a regular dating show that just so happens to have an all-queer cast mm-hmm. that's the way i look at it first it's a show a date a very intimate complex um dating show mm-hmm. but with an awkward cast mm-hmm. that that's the way i see it at least mm-hmm.
0: yeah i mean i love that future that we're getting there and i guess that's it's what's happening i mean it's hard for me to sometimes separate the fact that you feel like a really good like, gay show because i feel like the ultimatums structure itself is quite gay you know the u-haul of it all like it's very yeah. inherently queer but i agree at the same time it's like it's it is just a show and like and I say over and over again with representation I'm big for like fat representation in reality Mm -hmm. tv too and it's like you we just want people to be seen as normal like as equal so like have a fat or a queer villain like I don't care you know like Mm -hmm. I want it to just be even so I I love that I love that you see it that way
1: I think it was like pretty I mean like obviously you can't hit everything on the nail but I think you know the cast was pretty diverse Mm -hmm. in in what you know, different sexual orientations. You know, gender. Mm-hmm. Um, different races. Mm-hmm. You have like Asian, Black, Cuban, Latina, Jewish, Native American. Like, it, it's just there's a lot. There's a lot that you know, and you even have a mother and like you know. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think you really see that in reality TV mm-hmm. either.
0: Mm-mm. No, so they just sure. went all out. They really. Did. I really. As somebody who watches so much other shitty stuff, like, this was really diverse. (laughs) It really was considering. And it was really beautiful to see. And, like, it was just so beautiful. Yeah, I loved it. So, yeah, let's get into, like, a little bit of the show and stuff. Like, how were you and your ex approached to be on this show?
1: So, I had a person, a casting producer, slide into my DMs Mm -hmm. probably in May of 2021. Mm. So going on a little over two years ago. Wowie. <laughs> and And uh, yeah, it was a long time ago. She was like, hey, I'm a casting producer. Like, meanwhile, you know, I didn't grow up on West Coast. I, I didn't grow up in Southern California. This ain't my jam. I never thought of being on reality TV, nothing. Mm-hmm. And so she comes in and she's like, hey, I'm a casting producer. I didn't know what the fuck a casting producer was. Like, you know, when you see like the word producer, that, that can mean so many different things. Yeah. Like you could be producing cheese in a factory like i don't know like i like who are you so when they're talking about a casting producer i'm like okay um they're like you know one person wants um you know this is the criteria we're looking for one person wants to get married the other one not so much like it's kind of on the fence about it um give or take be together for maybe forget what it was something like a year and a half Year and a half to four years, kind of Mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, there was like maybe one or two other requirements, I don't remember. And um, they're like, Does this sound like you? And assuming that that person saw in all your pictures is her girlfriend, yeah. And um, you know what I said, Jenna? What I told her, I was like, Um, I really appreciate the offer, but unfortunately, I'm gonna have to turn it down. Sorry. Um, because my ex and I are, are, are not in a good place right now. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> so like Mildred and I are not in a good place. <laughs> You're in like, what, the fifth breakup of the year? Yeah, I'm not yeah sure. like, well, I was pushing probably around 30, you know, yeah. discard phase, you know how that is. Um, and then, so then anyways, I was like, but I really respect your time. And, um, if any like other things come up in the future, let us know. And then she was like, okay, that's fine. I get it. So then all of a sudden I'm like, what? Never talk. My, my, like nerdy, curious self, right? You talk about nerdy. I love... I'm like a thirst for knowledge, right? Like, I just love things that I don't know about, explore. So all of a sudden, you know, I don't even know what a fucking... Like, is this person producing cheese? Is this person, like... You know i don't know and so i'm like so what exactly do you do and, you know and i start talking to her about that and she's just like i do this 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 and i was like what's your favorite part about the job and so for the next like day and a half i'm occasionally texting her every few hours so we're texting each other and i'm just asking her what it's like to be a producer mm. like that's cool what's your favorite part of your job my favorite part of my job is that i can change lives you know like my favorite like all this bunch of stuff and i'm like that's really cool so then like a day and a half later she texts me out of nowhere or like you know messages me out of nowhere she's like okay, so what was the reason again? Like, why you feel like you're not a good fit, you know? Because I think at that point, maybe I just expressed a lot of my personality and, like, wasn't thirsty for the position, you know? Like, thirsty mm -mm. to get on TV because I think they're looking for everyday people. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't like, yes, yes, yes. I was just kind of like, nah. So anyway, she goes, you know, what? why don't you think you're fit? I'm like, well, you know, like, Mildred and I, we are broken up. Um... But, like, we, because of that, like, we don't talk about marriage. The reason why is because we don't talk about marriage a lot lately because we're in such a bad spot. Have we talked about marriage in the past? Yes. Mm -hmm. But our communication sucks. And um, if we're (laughs) just in a better spot, then maybe we could be. But, no, we're actually on a break right now. And ain't shit happening. So she goes, I think that's exactly what we're looking for. Oh, my God. Uh... And I'm like. Say less, I guess. So yeah. the whole process was like three-month process, thousands of questions, multiple hours of video interviews, psych evaluations, I mean, email after Everything. email, yeah. ESA letters, I mean, like for my dog, even before they picked us. Like, And then we got the call two weeks before, and we just had to open leave. Wow, that is truly
0: I Yeah, and honestly, I get that producer's position. They're just like, actually, I think you and Mildred are fucking perfect for this. (laughs) Because they can't, and no offense, we'll get into some stuff later, but like, yeah, you gotta have the drama. And like, I mean, I guess maybe they didn't realize that every fucking dyke couple on the show was gonna bring the drama in their own way. but exactly like because we're not dealing with straights where you have to actually be like "Mm, let's get this kind of straight or this kind of person who's gonna like bring this drama uh but at the same time i definitely get that they're like well this might be a pretty good relationship to have on a show who that is in a state of just like mm, you know
1: chaos yeah i think like the the fact that we're breaking up together, breaking up, getting back together, breaking up, getting back together. Like, I think that that was it's almost like I feel like they wanted to stick the plug in there during the breakup phase. Like, oh, you guys are breaking up, getting back together. But we never had to deal with third parties. I think they just wanted to be like, hey, what's going on? You You know, you're breaking up. Let, let, let's stick this person in here during your breakup and see what happens. Like, I feel like that might have been like the thing. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Man. No, I mean, I, I mean, I think it kind
0: of is it. Yeah. Because listen, like I I'm a big Tiff fan. Throughout the entire recaps that I did, I you know especially in that first drop, you know we saw we all saw the fight that you and Sam had and how it all like it all like went through. But like what was beautiful about it is that because you did have this new trial wife and you were in this new situation, I really did feel like you started to show like. Your true tender heart, which I always saw, I was like, "Oh my God, Tiff has this tender heart. Like I want to hug them so bad." And mm-hmm. you were like, you know, you were clearly in a cycle of like. I- I'm speaking, of course, my my you know opinion of it, but it seemed like of you were course. in a cycle of like fight or flight, and always in a conflict situation. And you were now in a situation where you could start to relax that because Sam wasn't doing that, and Sam wasn't instigating.
1: Yeah, you, know? you hit it on the nail
0: and and so then you so i what was beautiful as a viewer is we did get to see this growth and change in you and you know i'm happy you're single for that reason alone too because like it, <laughs> I, I i i just like i'm happy to see that you like we're in that and so those producers weren't really wrong like let's fucking insert something to see what happens and look what happened
1: you know yeah i think it's good you know at first honestly i guess you just get this uh stereotype right that reality people are all full of drama and xyz xyz although we did know that this project was a little bit deeper than the surface like it's it's way deeper than what you guys see on tv right it's a very intimate thing and there were a lot of like deep talks going on and things of that nature that mm-hmm. really helps propel us and change us and create self-awareness within us mm-hmm. but you know i'm not gonna lie like i'm not the only one but at first we were thinking like we're just curious like i, I wonder how sam and Aussie got picked because they just don't seem mm-hmm. like they're i mean i don't think i am fully either but just they're way off the scale as far as being pop or like i'm gonna fuck shit up or i'm gonna do what the fuck i want kind of thing mm-hmm. like like it just doesn't seem like it would make big moves in reality tv not that you know i think i'm huge up that scale but you know but like i didn't sense anything yeah so at first i was just like why the fuck but it's such a beauty in the skies because first of all i think they just again they went deep with the representation again and those might include um people who are more quiet or more people you know like they just I think they really wanted everything right Mm -hmm. but I'm glad I think I I could be wrong but I think they picked Sam because she has such a gentle energy and clearly is trauma-informed and clearly Mm -hmm. like knows has a high level of emotional intelligence with a gentle energy Mm -hmm. that whoever she was with during a trial marriage Um, I think it really the our pairing, I think, did really well because for the story and the narrative and the way viewers see it and maybe can take home with their partners or like Mm -hmm. be able to um, have reflection is like what the contrast of what a healthy relationship can look like versus an unhealthy relationship. Mm -hmm. And she really was that pivotal role. Um, Now, looking back on it now as the finished product that we're seeing Mm -hmm. of how a calm gentle loving personality who understands knows how to communicate can actually bring out not just me but just if it was almost anyone i feel like could bring out the very very if they're willing can bring out the very um best in someone too so So i'm glad they had that because it's not all just drama it's it's hope It, it brought she brought the little speckles sparkles of hope to we everybody needed <laughs> we
0: needed it so badly in this wasteland yeah. yeah i think at one point after your alls fight you said something on you're in the moment of some sort of like something on the lines of like you're learning that you need to just like learn to like love and learn to let love in and i was like oh that's so sam all over you like you're really just in this in this and i i i was like oh Tiff, tiff's gonna get through this yeah and i i was really good to see so i guess like where should we go next with this <laughs> uh, how many questions like, i know i us see. Like, are we going straight
1: into world war three or yeah
0: no i guess i want to get into some of your bonds with the other people too so let's talk about vanessa so <laughs> uh vanessa is a polarizing uh person from the show many people have yeah. Many different thoughts and feelings about her. I went through the full spectrum as somebody who watches reality television with a critical eye and looks for mm-hmm. producer manipulation and edits. I was like, oh, yep, she's being edited as a villain. Uh, and then I was like into it because I was like, she's a fun villain. Like I'm enjoying fun. her villainry. It's so fun. She did obviously do things that like were not great and selfish and like hurt people but i could also relate to her i have the literal same birthday as her and i have the same like i have intimacy issues that are similar to hers and so i really related to
1: her what was her intimacy issues I
0: forget. she well she's like essentially at the time seemed like she wanted to be Polly. um oh okay okay but was in a different situation and like i think is a little like uh insecure to be honest i think she has like um probably like an anxious of attachment style and i don't know she or maybe avoidant oh, but club. yeah like her her father had like this great outlook about marriage how it shouldn't be like this one and done forever you should do a seven-year lease like i was like yes yes papa vanessa i agree with you papa vanessa. <laughs> um i <Get> <laughs> i could just see that she was projecting a lot of her insecurities and to be interesting. honest, yeah. we don't know everything that went on with her and Xander, but it's, like, yeah. I I get, like, I, being, the, if I got the ultimatum, I would have been, like, a mess like her, and I don't feel like she was as bad as she, like, got her rap, but, like, what, do you, where, what was your, like, connection with her and your friends with her now, like, what are your, what can you say about Vanessa?
1: Yeah, so, like, <sighs> I will say that, you know, during the show, I did not have that much interaction with her Mm -hmm. because everyone I'm sure, you know, in reality TV, right? Like on camera time is pretty, most of your interaction, they try to make it as much as possible to have on kind on like the, why can't I speak around? Mm -hmm. (laughs) But just like the amount, like whatever is being filmed, it's like like, truly on camera, whatever drama is going down on camera. Mm -hmm. So because of that. Like, we couldn't really, they really heavily strongly suggested against, like, hanging out, like, outside of filming times and things like that. So, we abided it most of the time, especially in the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you know things start to change afterwards. But anyway, for the most part, like, yeah, I didn't have that much time with her. We went on one minute date. And, like, yeah. I choose her. I kind of went in an algorithm. She was my number three, you know? But I just never saw her again, and, you know? Mm-hmm. We talked about bunions in our first date. Like, literally, that was it. <laughs> we talked about my bunions. Because oh, I, um, I do have bunions. Yeah. FYI, yeah, um, okay, good to know, ladies. Both feet, flat foot, <laughs> no arch. Oh no, Alice's. Um, and I have to use like athlete's foot spray. Um, real, yeah, it's real. Um, yeah, like I didn't really have that much time with her on camera. So, and again, one, I was not a fly on the wall in Xander and Vanessa's relationship before I entered it, and everything that you see on TV, minus maybe one or two scenes where I'm present um in the group outings there all that stuff you see of all that mm-hmm. i honestly don't know what happened that day i hear theories i hear two different sides i hear four different sides but like mm-hmm. You know, for instance, the date between her and Lexi. I don't know how the fuck that went down. I hear two different sides and two different people. So I don't really know who this Vanessa was, mm-hmm. to be completely honest, True. during filming. Right. I just didn't know. All I know is that everyone villainized her and being humans and not me not knowing what was really going on because I'm kind of out of that mm-hmm. triangle, love triangle dynamic. It was like more like a swap between Aussie, me, and Sam and Mildred
0: because
1: mm-hmm. we're kind of often, you yeah. know, planet. Pluto, mm-hmm. and they're in the fucking fire, all of them, and like, <laughs> oh my god! Like I don't I know. even
0: know. I know it's like crazy. They're like, I'm like, your drama was so intense, but I'm like, but their drama was also so <laughs> intense. Yeah, it's like everyone like
1: <laughs> fuck somebody or like I don't oh, I don't my know. God. Oh god! Like yeah, I look at my situation. I'm like, oh shit, that could have been way worse. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so like they're in this thing, and I I didn't you know I didn't really have much time with her on camera. Um. But it's, as humans, it's easy to believe when everyone's telling you stories, especially if you don't know us to believe and all you're hearing is mm-hmm. six other people talk about her, mm-hmm. you know? So I kind of was, like, on the fence with that. Like, I, I just, I guess I assumed I believed what everyone was believing, but not in a way where I, like, maliciously act out towards her, like, did the fucking mean girl bullshit mm-hmm. that's so overrated, by the way, like, grow the fuck up, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I was like, okay, that's fine. After the show, I remember there was that you know that group night out where I'm actually next to Vanessa and that that's when like mm-hmm. Yoli's like so in I go and yeah. like, finger banging. And <laughs> that was the most awkward fucking scene of my entire fucking life. Like that shit was like y'all saw 15 minutes of it. I had to hang on for dear life for like three hours. I didn't, you know, you know, you saw Aussie like panicking. Like I internally, that's what my insides felt like. Yeah. Like sprung out insides was oh was God. just like what the fuck is actually happening. You know, I remember being like, well, I maybe chimed in one or two times being like, so what the fuck, Vanessa, you know? But I kind of felt bad because apparently earlier that day, um, I saw her in the hallway, like outside of filming. We weren't supposed to talk to each other. And I was just like going to give her a hug. And she was like, I can't hug you. And I'm like, why not? She goes, you'll see later. Mm-hmm. Hold on. And I was like, you'll see later. I was like, okay. Long story short, there's a lot of shit that goes off camera. Apparently Vanessa went to the gay club the night before last off camera and Mildred was at the gay club and then Mildred told Vanessa because Mildred didn't like Vanessa for whatever God reasons, because she thought that Vanessa was trying to hit on me. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like, I don't know what we like. Literally, when you see things through like 10 different pairs of eyes and there's minimal contact with uh, contacting each other during these dating phases I can't I don't know what the fuck is going on you think that someone's trying to hit on you I have no idea and I was jealous of, we're going down the rabbit hole but I was yeah. jealous over Xander because Xander was hitting on Mildred one night at the fucking yeah. thing and I was just like there was this whole thing going on and you don't ever see that you know so oh there's God. just like this weird shit it doesn't fit the narrative but anyway back to wanting a hug and her not hugging me I was like okay that's fucking weird I thought it was because uh, Mildred said something to Vanessa, like, stay the fuck away from Tiff or something like that. And yeah, I mean, that's kind like, of what, what I was
0: like. That's what I thought. Yeah.
1: Oh. Yeah, goodness. like, the night before, like, stay away from Tiff or whatever. Yeah. And I was just like, I can't even get a basic hug, like, in the mm-hmm. hallway as we're in mm-hmm. passing, like, ran mm-hmm. away during the day. So anyway, later that night, I was like, so you got your nipples pierced kind of thing? And, and you know, like... Right, no, 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 sorry. I didn't know about the nipple piercing. Yeah, I was just like, I don't like... <laughs> understand. I asked on camera at the group night out. I'm like, why didn't you give me a hug? And she was like, I got my nipples pierced. <laughs> but because... So so anyway, I was just like, wait, you got your nipples pierced? And then she was like, yeah, I was like, I don't believe you. I guess because honestly, everyone was saying she's a liar. She's mm-hmm. this that. I was like, I don't believe you. She's like, do you want to see them? So anyway, like, you know that scene where you're like, did you get your nipples pierced? Like, and obviously I can't say much for contract, but like, just imagine... How that entire conversation started was because I didn't get a hug and I didn't know why she wouldn't hug me, but apparently they get really sore, so that's how that entire conversation started and it got real weird for Yeah, and then because and now Lexi's all like,
0: You haven't had your fingers, and the woman I love, it, I mean, all of it, it so. went from
1: that to in I go, um, and falling <laughs> into people's vaginas. I don't know how that's going into that, but anyway, fast forward, here we go down the round hole, fast forward, you know, post show, I felt bad about. The nipple conspiracy. And I was just like, I am so sorry. Like, I didn't realize that you got your nipples pierced. So I'm sorry. I reached out to her and I was just like, hey, you know, maybe like a couple months after filming. And I was like, I, maybe I bullied on you. I know you're like, you know, really um getting bullied on the show. I know I wasn't as bad as 99% of the people on there, mm-hmm. but I do remember this time period where I was just kind of like, because I had to say in front of camera, I totally would have told her like mm-hmm. off camera. But I, I only, we only filmed while I was on camera. So I'm like yeah. asking her in front of everyone, dude, why aren't you giving me a hug? And, you know, like just randomly in the hallway, like, you know, and she was like, I got my nipples pierced. I was like, no, you didn't, you know, so I'm kind of like, kind of instigating a little bit. I, you know, I, I realized I did it a little bit, but I also felt like I had to do it in a sense because I couldn't do it off camera. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, fuck, you're putting these weird positions, right? Right. Anyway, I apologize to her. Mm hmm. And um she's like, Thank you so much for your apology. Like no one's reached out to me like at mm. all. Like blah blah blah. And I just have a soft heart for like cause I already knew that I mean I didn't really we didn't really know how the edits were gonna happen, but I knew she was gonna be in the, the top two villains, which is at still to this day, I think she's um in my eyes, she's number three. But mm-hmm. like, you know, <laughs> as far as the story goes. I'm sure you know who my number one is. I, I, number say, I feel like, um, Mildred, and then Yoli. Yeah, yeah. That's what, that's what, kind of like how I see it. Like a little, yeah, a little bit personally, but a little bit, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. like, you know, whatever. But anyways, like I just um, reached out to her, and um, and you know, we just started conversing more because at that point, Sam and Aussie really did like uh Vanessa. They they still do, but they kind yeah. of like dropped off the face of the earth, like right. Sam and Aussie would in general. I mean, yeah, they mm-hmm. were like almost unapproachable. Like I would talk to Samsung, but I went almost a year without saying one word to Aussie. I was just kind of like, hi. And they, they dropped off the face of the earth. So anyway, we started developing a really good friendship. Um, kind of so stupid, right? Like when you're dating someone, that's really weird. Um, but you know, when Mildred and I broke up, Vanessa and I started becoming closer. So what I will say to wrap everything up is my version of Vanessa post show and how she has treated me as a friend and has treated me as a human being is nothing like you see on the show. I love and that. that is the truth that I know. Yeah. I don't know anything else, but that is the one truth that I know because it was my own experience of her. Yeah. And that's all you can ask for. I love that. I'm glad there's a good bond coming from that. If you think about it, Sam has the best judgment of character. Exactly. And Sam loves Vanessa, and Sam is inviting Vanessa to the wedding, so she can't be that bad.
0: There you go, you heard it, folks. I that's okay. You heard it first. You heard it first. What other just like okay? I'm sorry, I know. And you were like, because you you've said this before on your podcast too. You are not privy to everyone else's relationship shit, but I uh, the Lexi Ray zank of it all is keeping me up at night do you have any opinions on it Wait, with lexi's new girlfriend yeah yeah and, and and like the breakup and like i just want to know when the exact filming of the reunion was could you just tell me when they're you can say it off girl i am you go by girl, uh, girl? yes i do yeah, or, okay
1: yeah, okay yeah. So, thank I, you just that was, that's what you know when you're like trying to you're trying to not spill the tea, but you're trying to maybe, uh, put it on the kettle or <laughs> yeah. like process the tea. Yeah. <laughs> That's my reaction to girls. But honestly, I truly have no idea. Like, I don't know what any of that shit is. Um, I do know they were still together upon reunion. I did know that. Yeah. And then the only thing I knew after that is probably a little bit before the show aired. Long story short, um, it's such a backstory. I'm not going to get yeah, too no, much to no, it. You don't. Um, yeah. but, um... Lexi and I are not on talking terms Mm -hmm. and because Lexi and I were not on talking terms based on Lexi's decision, Lexi was dating Ray at the time. And that also, if Lexi makes a decision not to talk to me, you know that by her choice, that's also going to include Ray. It's just the way it is. So I didn't hear from Ray forever, Mm -hmm. but Ray didn't speak up and say anything directly to me, but you know, Mm -hmm. um, so I noticed Ray started like, you know, replying to my stories and messaging me here and there like little bits of like little bits of pieces here and there I'm like I feel like something is up because all of a sudden out of nowhere you're starting to kind of talk to me I'm like hmm and uh so anyway like we our sentences became longer our four letter or four word sentences became longer and the next thing you know right you know like I'll keep certain things confidential but like Ray was just like I'm not with um with Lexi anymore. Mm-hmm. And I and I don't remember exactly when that was. I think it might have been shortly after the reunion. I'm not for sure though.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um but I was just like, wow, okay, first of all, are you okay? Are you good? Yeah, and yeah. you know, Ray seemed okay, Ray seemed good. Honestly, I don't know the extent of that. Um mm-hmm. I didn't even know, you know, about Lexi's girlfriend really until Until uh, everyone
0: else did, probably. Yeah.
1: Until everyone else did. Yeah, yeah. I had no idea. That's
0: wild. Okay. When, when was the filming of the reunion do you remember the, the reunion? reunion was yeah. filmed
1: like late January of this year 2023 all right cool
0: so yeah let's see here gosh I mean any other like gossip you want to spill I <laughs> before we get into like the world <laughs> war three of it all let's see here I'm like mm, uh, take your pick y'all you're like uh I you know on your podcast you mentioned there was a phone call and then things were not that great um between you guys anymore i feel like it's my from my own just like it's like because she kind of took mildred's side a little bit in things which yeah. i think you mentioned in your podcast too it's like it doesn't matter it doesn't matter if anyone takes sides you don't give a shit really uh i'm speaking for you but it it but it's more of just like the main girl element of it all
1: the mean girl element was really fucking weird um Oh, the, what I will say, it goes far back and far deep. Okay, um, yeah. And that's opening up a can of worms. <laughs> yeah, um, so we won't do that. i you. <laughs> Mildred's insecurities. Yeah. Um, but that's what I will say. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, Yoli and I did talk semi-frequently mm-hmm. post-show, post-filming a show and pre-reunion. So, and not so much with Mildred. So we would just check in, see how his life, you know, just things of that nature cordial platonic whatever and um three days before uh like the reunion we had a phone call and this the energy shifted Mm -hmm. the energy shifted out of nowhere Mm -hmm. uh what t i will say and i'll let you leave up that speculation if the police if the full police report ever becomes um public which i'm sure people are trying to dig it up right now um you'll see in the police report that mildred said that she was um arguing with me over whether someone is involved in our lives romantically or not yeah okay. and um that's all i'm going to say about that so okay. connect the dots with that
0: yep, uh, yep. <laughs> and up, um
1: <laughs> i you know mentioned to yoli about the um just the police report and what it was said and it was kind of like i don't want anything to do with that even though like i didn't ask for it either you know like what the fuck i'm just giving you a heads up Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. I don't know what happened in between those three days, between then and the reunion and us being fine for a year and two, three months. Mm-hmm. But it shifted. Even, the, But it was the phone call before the reunion that shifted. Mm-hmm. So something happened. And at the end of the day, I don't know what it is. I really don't care. Mm-hmm. I wish her the best. Um, but I don't know. The way I look at it is um, playing stupid games, win stupid prizes. And uh, <laughs> you... Jumped on the bandwagon of i mean i don't know it's just a shame
0: yeah it's a shame so i mean let's how much let's you know uh i guess we need to talk about your relationship just a smidge i think everyone it was it was really hard to watch uh i'll say that much it was like the entire season i'm just like this is really painful like i I just will be frank. I was like, they need to fucking break up. Like, this is not okay. <laughs> they need to break up. They're toxic. They're both like, yeah, they're not letting each other talk much.
1: I, but you would often... Wait, time out. I, I totally defer against that. Yeah. I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask you as a viewer. Oh, yeah. When did you ever see a scene of Mildred and I where like, she couldn't actually get a word in?
0: No, no not much. To, to be honest. Yeah.
1: So a lot of people are saying like, they're toxic, you know, like they're, you know, talking over each other. But like, actually, the scenes that you saw, like, I it wasn't.
0: It's true true i guess like my talk my thought on your toxicness which now with like all the knowledge we kind of are getting is that Mm -hmm. i was kind of like just leave like i don't know like i i just did like i was like this just doesn't seem whatever but obviously yeah no but obviously no now i'm like okay i get like it's all whatever and even then i still wasn't like fucking leave i was just like oh i just wish i wish this would end you know that was like more my like vibe But it just, you know, yeah, like you come to find out it's, it was a cycle of, in your words, abuse that was Mm -hmm. getting just more and more, you know, increasing and just like, Having you really and you really did try to talk and you would be like I need to speak and then she would just like jump over and it just seemed like I, and I was like I fell for her when um we get we find out you know she has this childhood trauma and being abandonment issues and like when Ozzy leaves I start to like put those pieces together and I'm just like okay yeah isn't it interesting
1: know? how over the course of like a few months or not a few months but the weekly drops mm-hmm. things start to come more clear and clear into mm-hmm. light. Mm-hmm. Things start to piece together as why things happen.
0: Yes. Oh, absolutely. And, in and, and like what I've learned about narcissism, and I am myself, I'm not going to be calling her one, but I'm just saying, narcissistic yeah. tendencies. Yeah. The traits and stuff. Yeah. You know? That, yeah, it is, comes from like a deep place of like insecurity in a lot of ways, too. And like her insecurity of like maybe being abandoned and things like that. Oh, I feel like we're okay. Uh, but when, what I saw was that also it was like frustrating to hear you say, like, I don't want to leave you. Cause I don't want to make you feel like you're being abandoned. And I was like, Oh, that feels like a trap. I don't like that for Tiff. Yeah. It's oh. trying <laughs>
1: harder and harder and harder not to be like everybody else, but that can kind of be used to the advantage. Yeah. And yeah. it got exhausting after a while to the point where I didn't even realize looking back on that show, like watching myself on the show, like I didn't realize how much of the vortex I was trying to prove to her or, or, when she would discard me and break, she, you know, even she made it clear, like she was the one breaking up with me all the time, all the time. And I had no idea. I found out by like a, a psychologist recently that like just the act of that alone, breaking up with person, breaking up with someone and lowering them back in and breaking up with someone, lowering back in. It doesn't matter if you break up with that person because they robbed the bank or, you know, stripped butt naked and in front of all your friends or or cheated on you or whatever it is. The fact of breaking up with somebody and getting back together and breaking up and getting back together, that alone, time after time after time, is abusive in itself. Mm-hmm. I had no idea about that. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. I just thought that was normal. And it got to a point where I thought that that's, like, what I deserved. That's fucking crazy. To Like, looking back on it now that I was so in the vortex, I actually believed that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you did something wrong. She discarded you. And then you were able to, like, be like, oh, no, no, I can fight for this. And then you'd go back and then...
1: Cycle. And then yeah. what would happen is I would get very, very exhausted emotionally, physically, spiritually, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And then um, because of that, I would start to numb out. And mm-hmm. then that's when you see such a cycle. That's when you would see her on the show even talk about, you know, remember in the dating phase, she was crying, right? Saying that I don't get why Tiff is not connecting with me and Tiff's around, you know, like connecting with other people, like, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I don't understand why Tiff can't connect with me like this, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and for me in my experience, my truth, at least it's, you know, because I was so just numbed out and drained, it started to lose the connection looking back on it. Yeah. And it just becomes so exhausting that like you, the connection is just fumbled at that point.
0: You're also maybe trying to protect yourself a little bit subconsciously, um, mm-hmm. you know, And so, yeah, she probably sensed that to be honest. Yeah, I'm sure she sensed it. And I know that you've said that you're not perfect and you're, you know, you guys had, you had your ups and downs and I'm not here to try to, you know, be any kind of judge, jury and whatever, you know. Uh, But yeah, I mean, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you and these are your experiences. And yeah, I mean, it was, it was hard to watch and it seemed exhausting. And I feel like there is like a, a point where you're just trying, you're in like. You're just in, I mean, then you get engaged, like you propose to her and you're like, you're in this situation where you're like, I'm just trying to get through this.
1: Yeah. And I got engaged, honestly, and there's two reasons why I got engaged. One reason was because, again, trying to prove my love for her was mm-hmm. taking the next step with her, which I mm-hmm. thought looking back on it, it's like, I'm trying to constantly prove my love to her, constantly. Yeah. So the act of doing this is prove my love to her again not thinking for myself, Mm. but thinking for someone else Mm -hmm. and not being, doing a disservice to my soul in order to appease to someone else's trauma is the way I look at it now. Mm -hmm. But, um, the other reason why I got engaged to her is because regardless of the timeline and chronological order that you see in our journey, um, you know, I can't really talk deep into like that never happened at this time and this and that, but -hmm. what I can say is that like, You know, just keep in mind of timelines of Mm -hmm. like when things are actually glued together, Mm. because towards the end of our child marriage, probably, you know, the last two weeks, like we did start getting along Mm -hmm. um, and start to use that communication. Mm -hmm. So I thought, wow, we really did work on this and we can take this into the next journey of our lives. Mm -hmm. But I'm telling you, as soon as those cameras were shut down, we went, you know, we moved in together for the first time uh we lived right by each other but Mm -hmm. we moved in together started a little family together all the animals the kid like all that stuff and real quick it went downhill super quick and we were just fighting to keep it alive at that point you know and i think we we moved in january of 2022 and uh yeah i broke up there september 2022 so at that point we were probably engaged for maybe 10 months before i broke it off Wow, it was the worst 10 months, worst 10 months. It was so exhausting. It was, it was a lot.
0: Yeah, it does. It sounds like a lot. It sounds like you both were really trying to hold on to something that just wasn't good for either of you anymore. And it seemed like, you know, there was some, some escalation of things mm-hmm. too. And yeah. I recommend everyone to watch Tiff's video on YouTube. I'll put a link in the notes if you haven't. You'll get all the the information that, you know, Tiff Feels like was good to share, you know, from your side of because you didn't get it on the reunion. Okay, so let's talk about the reunion real quick, and then we'll kind of get to your okay. healing journey a little bit. But the reunion, like, okay, Jesus fucking Christ. So as it's somebody who, who watches The Bachelor and things like that, there's obviously been abusive people on The Bachelor too, like a lot, like
1: okay, there mm, a lot. There has male versus female, like male mostly, towards female,
0: mostly male. Yeah, mostly males. Okay. Um, and some of them have won, some of them have gone far, some of them don't get very far in the process, et cetera, et etc. and, The show in general also talks about really triggering topics a lot of times. Like, they'll talk about SA, they'll talk about, like, drug addiction, they'll talk about all these different things, and the show will not put, like, content warnings. And myself and other, like, people in the community of fan bases have begged them to start doing better, and in the last, like, two years, they've started to do better. Now there's black screens that go on this thing before the segment will happen, and they'll be like, this is going to be talking about sexual assault or... Or abuse interesting yeah. and they'll give a fucking number etc etc now they're not perfect so bad about it everywhere they still have a lot of other issues but they do do that now pretty consistently and the fact that netflix now multiple times has had like series of like abusive situations on their screen and is
1: not doing that is so upsetting to me yeah. have they done that more so on reality tv too netflix because i know they put it on in like for instance like 13 reasons why and like mm, stuff like that, I right? Wonder disclaimers yeah but i don't know about other reality if they've done that no oh. and i
0: think they think they're like oh it's just reality We're like, but it is still triggering and listen yeah. it's just a matter of putting the content warning you're not it, the thing. people will still watch or maybe they'll just fast forward this one bit it's fine you know mm-hmm. and also the bare minimum if you're not going to do it beforehand at least put information up afterwards or talk about it we have straight yeah. joanna not saying a fucking thing god bless her soul but like she's not <laughs> moderating this situation at all you feel uncomfortable it goes on for a long time. You leave. Sam, another cast member, is the one to help you. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you know it's a you know, okay, th- maybe this is part of my healing journey. Sorry if I offend anybody, Please. but I'm like, I guess the sick irony behind my joke of maybe why they didn't put it on there, any, uh, you know, violent content warning on there, is because... It only lasted three seconds that Mildred admitted to it and she shoved it underneath the rug and just kept on going. So maybe he has mm-hmm. to have a, a ten second minimum duration of talking about it. Like mm-hmm. fuck up mm-hmm. Like it was like two seconds mm-hmm. and then on to the next thing and you know, didn't didn't talk about it. It probably realistically lasted. Maybe she talked about it for ten seconds and then it just went along. Mm-hmm. It should have been. I mean, obviously, I know it should have had a content. Right. No, like, I get it. No, I get you know what you're me. saying. But I'm just like a fucking ironic thing. Like, it's probably why. Because, I don't know.
0: No, I, I can see that. I mean, like, is a, real quick tangent, Uh, the pronoun issue. Like, I've had a lot of conversations with people. And I think I heard you on a live once talking about this. They should have done. There's a lot of things that Netflix and the production company could have done to help mitigate the issue of people using different pronouns than they were during filming time. I do understand that it would have been confusing potentially to people to have different pronouns on a Chiron below. Well, the entire time you're on show, it's saying she, her. It's saying something different. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I actually agree that it, honestly, they, I'm, I understand why they did do it, but what they could have done has had like a screen where they talk about it. They could have had a segment at the reunion. They could have, whatever, That's like, funny. I feel like they could have mitigated some of that drama, and, or that harm caused. And so, yeah, and in this case of this, it's like the, yeah, maybe it was such a blip to them. They're like, it's drama, but you could have mitigated some of the harm. Why is there not one person being like, put a fucking scar- card up there that gives you a resource number? Yeah. You know, anyway.
1: It's a, they're, they're, you know, 22 year old intern <laughs> can go put a black screen and copy and paste a phone number into it, you know, into the editing process. So yeah. it they knew exactly what they're doing. And like I said, you know, in that video that I post on my like podcast, like production knew of the police report, they had it in their hands, a physical copy in their hands as in the command room, as it was all going down. So they're not oblivious to what's going on, you know? Um, So I don't know what really happened. I did ask like someone of Netflix, like three, four days before airing, you know, the third week, the third drop, like, Hey, I just realized, are they gonna have like any type of content like disclaimer warnings or anything? And they're like, I don't to be honest, I don't think so, you know. Wow. So I wasn't talking to the person that had the power to change it. No,
0: no, certainly, yeah. That's the pro and that's the problem, is it needs to be a big enough noise. But I do feel like there's been a good amount of noise since this. So maybe and that's the thing is you said, Oh, it's just like a little quick blip and your your joke through that, and I, I, I think it's funny and probably true. But it was triggering to so many people. It was
1: very triggering to a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I mean, like in all seriousness, like I have gotten hundreds, of thou- like hundreds, if not thousands of DMs at this point that said, I've been in a similar situation. I've dated someone similar. I saw myself in some things that, you know, even the other way around of, hey, I saw certain behaviors of how I was acting that displayed, you know, my ex, you know, and, you know, it's making me question, you know where am i at like how do i go from here you know that level of self-awareness even the other way around so true yeah it's beautiful Uh. i'll say like one of the few things that definitely like you know i'm human right i've Mm -hmm. i've there's so much volume going on that i'm filtering out 99 percent of bullshit i don't even care about like negative Mm -hmm. comments anymore i'm just like delete like i don't even care Mm -hmm. i don't even fight it um the one that still kind of bothers me because i'm human right is like the two things it's when people say back well You know, obviously, you know, when people are talking about Mildred being DV, like having DV and all that stuff, um, when they're like, well, you know, Tiff was abusive too towards Sam, like, you know, like, you know, things -hmm. of that nature. And it's just like, there is so much context. Obviously, I'm not perfect and I'm not saying I excuse my behavior, but obviously there's so much context outside of what is actually happening. Mm -hmm. And anyone that has been through trauma or any of those kind of relationships before um, they can see what's happening with mm-hmm. me in real time mm-hmm. and know that doesn't excuse my behavior. And it's not okay if that pattern continues and continues and continues. Like I broke it within the first time, but like, I, that's one thing I don't like, you know, mm-hmm. kind of seeing like, oh, all of a sudden I'm labeled as abusive because I yell at Sam to try to love my dog. <laughs> you know, it's not like calling them like a fucking cunt or this or that, it's like, you just love my dog, like it's just. You like, were, and you, I
0: mean, if I, yeah, you weren't even like calling to you weren't saying like, yeah, huh, yeah, you weren't like talking negatively about. It was like, you guys were having a conflict, and you were coming from a space of chaos from a, the other relationship, you know, and working yeah. through it, and you worked through it, and it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, we can't speak for Sam, but yeah, you were. <laughs> No, 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 you're not. Yeah. I, I think people could see it. I, I could see it too. Cause I could see how tired you were. I could see, it, especially with a reunion, you were being bombarded and confused. And like, how are you supposed to answer what question, what accusation, what all these different things. And that from, you know, what I've seen of abusive relationships and I've been in abusive ones too, in some ways, a little bit different uh, type. It's like, it, yeah, you're, you're beaten down so that you can't, You don't know which way is up. You're like, you're swimming, you're drowning. And you're like, I don't know if the, the surface is over here or over here. And that's part of the design of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a very common tactic. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, people don't, the, the, the people that comment negatively about it Mm -hmm. on my, like my end Mm -hmm. are the people that majority of the people that have never been in that situation ever in their lives. Mm -hmm. And that that's like, that's just the way I have to look at it. And that's how I detach from the negative comments. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Do I believe that, you know, deep down inside, you know, my ex is a, a very loving person that, um, you know, wants to be loved and everything mm-hmm. like that. Like, absolutely. We absolutely. all are right. We all want that. I think deep down inside, she's a very, very good person. Um, but the relationship dynamics that we were in mean being more of an empath. And, you know, her being something else just obviously wasn't compatible. Like my heart was completely, you know, delivered to the wrong address. And I, mm. you know, I can't, it, it wasn't, it wasn't meant to be, you know? Mm. So, I mean, it is what it is. Um,
0: what is your healing journey? Because I will say, I asked a couple of people, what questions do you want me to ask Tiff? And I got a couple of people to say, how is Tiff? How are you doing? Oh. What are you <laughs> what are you doing to like take care of yourself? And I know that I'm like I said, I listened to your recent podcast. Everyone go listen to it. Uh
1: Febs. <laughs> it's so cute. <laughs> it's short for friends with benefits. I love so it. It's so it's like, much. you know,
0: FWBs,
1: yes. but it's just like fleebs. Because um, you're also like yeah. dweebs,
0: you're nerds. I get it. Okay. So Yeah, good. Dweebs, nerds. Um, it's
1: actually like a group of like eight of us. Oh, and love, uh yeah, I we love. just we just like you know, that saying friends of benefits, but like non-sexual friends yeah, with exactly. benefits. Yeah, exactly. I know. Yeah, yeah.
0: Like actual friends that lift each other up. I love it. Lift so, each
1: other up. Yeah.
0: Uh, you mentioned in this recent episode that, you know, you are, you're actually, you're you're healing, you're doing, you're doing good. Like it'll obviously be a journey for you um, in many ways as you go about, but like that's been months you've, and also in some ways you said like the watching it all kind of helped you like process it more um yeah so like how are you doing what do you what your your healing journey looking like right now yeah
1: um well the show itself when it aired right like yes it helped me process it but in order to process it like it kind of had to reopen a little bit mm-hmm. I mean that you know it's been a little over a week but for the first four or five days when the reunion episode dropped and I started getting the thousands of messages about dv survivors about this that 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 I mean, it was good, good attention, but it still was so much and it did take a toll on me, you know? So like healing is not a linear process, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's just all over the place. Mm-hmm. So right when you think that you're, you're healed, right? It, it's kind of like a double layered cake. You can be healed from your person, healed from your breakup, whether it's abusive or not, you can just have a regular mm-hmm. breakup. and it'd be oh, healed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Two things when a year and some change later, you actually watch yourself and your ex back played back in a movie in a real movie right mm-hmm. 10 hour movie <laughs> and then on top of that it's busted open and exposed to millions of people all around the world mm-hmm. it hits different <laughs> like it hits different mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it doesn't matter how healed i was it kind of reopened again i'm like oh right God, in a way i like, can't fuck, even it was supposed to be gone oh
0: <laughs> good point because it's like you're you have like the perceptions of people you know you have how you yeah. feel about watching it back and the way that the netflix edited it and then you, have, yeah. you know the way people are perceiving it yeah and, and that's sh-
1: um, you know, when you saw me get like gas, like boom, 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 it lasted for a good 15, 20 minutes straight. You saw five minutes of it. Yeah. If that. Yeah. You know, I was out and I was out in the dark and the cold with Sam. I was out there for like 30 minutes. <laughs> Y'all saw like a minute and a half. You I looked was freezing good. My ass off. You looked great. I was four blocks down in Beverly Hills somewhere on a Saturday night. I don't know you looked great uh, yeah at least you know I was crying <laughs> my eyes out but you know what at least I had a nice suit on so I yeah
0: I was like that suit like have we I feel like we haven't had time to talk about anyone's looks yet because I'm still processing all the gay drama but I'm like oh my god oh I loved Tip's outfit it was very good Mal looked great it was it was good times good times but yeah that's so that's so real yeah I I truly I truly I guess I'd be I'd be remissed a pretty silly question to ask probably but like do you feel like you got a good edit? You know, what do you, you feel like everyone's yeah. edits are pretty?
1: Yeah. for Mine in particular, I mean, like 95% accurate. Yeah. Um, definitely. Yeah. yeah. You know, people, yeah. were, people ask me, actually, I was at a viewing party the other day and someone asked me, like, if you could have taken out any part of your edit, like, you know, would you have? My ego says, of course, <laughs> take out the time I was yelling at Sam, mm-hmm. but it was there for a reason because it's the human side of me. That's something that happens because I'm fucking human. Mm-hmm. I Don't act like y'all haven't done that at home don't act like y'all haven't like fallen in love with somebody in three weeks don't act like you haven't finger banged someone and just uh in you go and fallen into someone's vagina by accident don't act like that's never happened (laughs) y'all everybody that's listening to this damn podcast right now you fall into a vagina you have finger banged someone you've been a power bottom at one point in time whether you were top or not that you've been a power bottom at some point.
0: Tiff, why are you calling me out like this? I feel I really know. personally attacked by you right now. We just yeah. met. Fuck you. We just
1: met. Yeah. <laughs> like, fuck you. But
0: also, Real. hi, how are you? Um,
1: hello, no. hello. <laughs> <laughs> hello. 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 Um, but Yeah, like, I mean, that that's the human side of me, right? Like, as much as I fuck up, you also see a strong comeback. And that does mm-hmm. represent my personality of, hey, let me fuck up. Let me um, um, see where I am. Let me reassess myself. Let me be self-aware. Let me be vulnerable and be humble in a sense of how I can go about fixing where I fucked up. Yeah. Um, and it yeah. might be uncomfortable, but I am a big believer that when you face uncomfortability head on and you really go deep and you explore a part of yourself that was dormant before, out can come a lot of change and growth. And I'd rather get... Sh- through that shit and let it be ugly and be that net like the elephant in the mud and it be fucking stuck and you feel all over the place, Mm -hmm. but you get out faster and you get out stronger. I'd rather Mm -hmm. and that's why you see me cry a lot too, because I don't want the trauma stuck in me. I am a crier and I am okay being a crier. Mm -hmm. Criers to me is attractive because they're not letting things holding stuck inside. And I'd rather have someone that cries it out and is okay the next day than for that shit to then get stuck and stuck and stuck in the body and then 30 years later you're wondering why someone's walking around with fucking you know some mental something you know yeah. and and or not okay or whatever.
0: You know? I mean like that's something. exactly yeah Our body holds on to so much trauma and I feel like oh that's gosh. really beautiful I think that yeah I, I everyone's on their own journeys and no one is perfect but it, it if you if you can, listeners, you know, if you can work towards letting, yeah, sitting in places of discomfort, you are going to get out of it stronger and through a place where you've learned more about yourself and the people around you. And expressing emotions and crying is beautiful. And, Uh, a sign of strength in my opinion because it takes so much strength to be vulnerable with the people in your life and i think that
1: that's you know not just vulnerable with other people but being vulnerable with yourself and sometimes that that requires (laughs) being honest with yourself (laughs) things that you've been choosing to ignore Mm. about yourself Mm. i found out through sam that the reason why i because sam and i would constantly explore and go deep and deep she's very emotionally intelligent and i love talking about that shit right but it was Mm -hmm. nice to have someone like that talk to me i found out the reason why i felt the need to constantly try and try and try so hard with mildred was because it went back to my childhood with my father that amazing man um he just grew up in you know a different Approached of life. Like mm-hmm. he was, you know, mm-hmm. the oldest of nine and, mm-hmm. uh, grew up in poverty and yada, yada. So he grew up on survival and, mm-hmm. um, you know, he worked 80 hours a week. And the only time I saw him was during my basketball games. Basketball was my life growing up. And he would always make it Despite working 80 hours a week. He would always make it to my basketball games. And you know how in sports and competition, LeBron James, Michael Jordan can have be the best player in the world. But there can be games where they try their hardest and maybe Mm -hmm. only put 10 points on the board, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's what it felt like, is that sometimes I felt like when I tried so hard, because all you want is your parents' validation (laughs) and satisfaction. Yeah. So then when you try so hard and you didn't have the good game, you know, and I had a lot of D1 scouts, you know, Division One scouts looking at me and everything. So it was kind of like he wanted me to have the life of. D1 college and scholarship that he never got to have mm-hmm. because he had to stay home and take care of the rest of the family. He couldn't go off to get this, these scholarships, right? Mm-hmm. So it was tough love. And it was because of that tough love that I kept on trying and trying to win his satisfaction, you know? And, you know, we're all fine now. You know, Everything's yeah. fine. Um, no, but like, but, but like yeah. that stems to why I was trying so hard with Mildred and fucking Sam hit it on the fucking nail.
0: Well, like, listen, you're trying trying to get more than a couple points with your dad and your family like yeah, yeah. like you, you're in a position where you feel like you're not winning the game all the time and that is is mm-hmm. hard for a child yeah that's beautiful I and like in a way that you yeah, I can I love that you can see that and I love that you are like you said being vulnerable with yourself and coming to terms with certain things that make you who you are for better for worse is so mm-hmm. so important so
1: yeah i love that that's so good yeah yeah overall like i'm sorry to go back to your question The overall healing process has been um yeah it's been pretty good um Mm -hmm. you know been focusing on me and then um just journaling a lot a lot of journaling and just listening to my body Mm -hmm. is definitely something that was part of the healing journey um there's a lot of like ctpsd that comes with you know being coming out of any toxic relationship right and um You know, I was just trying to cope with it, but ignoring my body, wondering why my body Mm. felt so frozen all the time, wondering why freeze, you know, freeze mode, wondering why my body felt so stiff all the time with this uncomfort in my body. You know, it shows up in physical first before we can even make sense of it. Right. So you kind of have to explore that. So I would like meditate a lot. Um, do like what's called like emotional freedom technique, like tapping mm-hmm. and stuff, and Great. like look at that on YouTube. Um, it really helps. Like it's like active meditation, I guess you could call it, but it hits like meridian lines, and you tap mm-hmm. and follow a script. So it's like affirmations, meditation, and like tapping all in one. That really helped. Um, it kind of regulates the whole nervous system, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so my my goal for like months was honestly doing things to create motion to kind of like influence the emotion um, and just get more so out of my head and into the present moment and mm. into the body mm-hmm. and just that alone was healing so you know I'd exercise more just do like the tapping that helps ground you be present explore my feelings let myself know i'm in a safe space um you know uh, tackling feelings of shame mm. i think i i had a lot of guilt living the relationship um, because I was like, I was so mad at myself and so ashamed of myself that I stayed in that relationship mm. for that long. I felt like mm-hmm. I wasted years of my life mm. and I had so much guilt and anger that I didn't see why I couldn't leave earlier. And that was a lot to get through. So I had to learn how to forgive myself and have compassion. Mm.
0: Thank you for saying that. I think that's really, that's going to hit with a
1: lot of people. If it's a relationship or not. I mean, like even you could both be the, the most sweetest people Mm -hmm. and treat each other well and i'm sure there's a lot of listeners out here that has amazing healthy relationships that just you go separate ways and you part ways and like those those feelings that you have you could still have a lot of shame Mm -hmm. because you can walk away saying how could i have showed better up in that relationship why didn't god i love this person they love me how come i can't work and you can just ponder that and then create this sense of shame of like could i have done better could something have happened Mm-hmm. And that does create shame, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just learning how to like, have self healing and compassion for yourself. And there was a reason why you two did not resonate. And, um, you know, and there is a reason of why like there's growth ahead of you. Mm -hmm. and to learn your next lesson right they stay what is it for a reason a season or a lesson oh yeah (laughs) i like that it's like a little
0: less woo woo but it's a good it's a good way to put it you know in my opinion because you're like i don't want to be like oh it all happens for a reason no it's it's not like this like cheesy thing it's more of like you just you really well learn something from yourself in the end you know um and that's vital and i think sometimes it just it just works out the way
1: it's supposed to through but you know i love how like you know and obviously what you guys see is like a fucking crazy ass tv mm-hmm. unhinged tv show right and all the drama in between but what i love and you'll only be able to see so much of that right like because people were there for the drama people were there for the entertainment but what i really liked about the show and how it turned out had mm-hmm. just the right amount of depth just the right amount of depth mm-hmm. to where maybe it didn't go deeper deeper with our, with our, um, you know, our personalities mm-hmm. on the show, but it went deep enough to where you could, as a viewer, can think for yourself, reflect on yourself or partner you're sitting next to and have very deep conversations. Truly. It just enough. Yeah. So no. it opened up the door to that. Mm-hmm. Despite all the fucking finger banging gate stuff that went on, despite
0: the scissoring, mm-hmm. it's like, <laughs> mm-hmm. girl, I I heard I heard your co-star being go co say like scissoring doesn't exist. It's only important. It is, and I heard you hesitate. I heard you hesitate.
1: <laughs> I heard it. That's the thing. There's, I mean, mm-hmm. if we're talking scissoring, you're talking about certain parts that are being put together. Mm-hmm. and what angles are you going in, you know? So I'm not going to get too graphic on your podcast, but mm-hmm. like there's a certain angle that I'm okay with, but the traditional way, I don't think like
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The traditional way is yeah. Let's let's <laughs> yeah. No, no. Yeah, we're here we're here for the untraditional scissoring and the uh, finger banging, <laughs> finger blasting. I am a big finger blaster fan. I've I've been trying to find out where people finger blast on the bachelor for years and I have a couple couple t- I'm, I'm pretty sure pretty sure a couple people on this on the show um I'm finger blasting yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah but this is the first time i ever had a full-on 20-minute discourse about it on on a fucking tv show i was living my best life so yeah. I, I that was
1: a wild that's a funny scene i couldn't help but i left like i looked back on that group night out and i i was dying laughing yeah. like watching it back i'm like wow <laughs> like how did this happen Is this real life and then aussie's like having a meltdown I just, I will never forget that night. I swear. I will never forget that night.
0: <laughs> Finger gay forever, forever. Well, Tiff, I cannot thank you enough for this conversation. I feel like we had a little bit of a therapy session here at the end. We did. Um, we got into some gossip. We talked about the good and the bad and the ugly of a show like this and its representation is very important. And fingering and scissoring. Yeah, fingering and scissoring. I'm obsessed. I oh boy, Z. And I mean, listen, why didn't you fucking hold Sam's hand? Okay, because I'm besties with Natasha now, and I'm just like, come on, come on. So
1: I tend to have no. It's fine. Like I, I if I, I hold yeah. your hand, yes, that means. I am intimately into you, like, on a romantic level. Yeah, no, that's To me, that's always been, like, I will actually openly like someone before I hold their hand. Because once you hold their hand, there's this level of, like, not just sex, but physical intimacy. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't, I knew at the time, I wouldn't say Sam, like, flat out, like, liked me. But as you can see on the show, like, she was a little bit more open to the process than I was And, um, she's so sweet Mm -hmm. and I didn't, I didn't know at the time, whether if I became more open to that, whether that means that I'm going to like possibly lead her on or possibly any of that. And I didn't want at all, if that was even a possibility for her to get that impression Mm -hmm. it, you know, and, um, I'm just, I, I'm like a light switch I'm on or I'm off and um i either went to where i don't and i just didn't you know um nothing yeah
0: i respect it i think it's great and i think that you obviously shouldn't push anything
1: would you it's interesting though here's the switch dynamic Mm -hmm. if the roles were reversed let's say it was a man and a woman Mm -hmm. the bachelor or something like that and then someone was like why why can't Tom just hold Emily's hands. Mm-hmm. Emily, why don't you just let Tom hold your hands? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know that's mm-hmm. almost kind of like pushing, right? So again, mm-hmm. we gotta re, we gotta like unlearn these things of like, you know, and and production. I will call production out on this. Like, they made us do like whole hand holding exercises and gaze into each other's eyes so we could do that whole like fall in love with these shit. I did not fall for that. I did not fall for that at all. I was like, I'm not doing this. You can see it on camera. Like they can use that and put it on camera. You saw that date where Mildred and Aussie when they were getting to know each other by the fireplace, there was a scene where they were holding hands. Like, that shit is like, that was a hand-holding exercise. Like, what the fuck? Like, you know, I'm not, like. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. I love how smart you
1: are, Tiff. <laughs> you saw that. They're going to use that against me. You think I'm going to be that stupid? No.
0: Okay, I, truly my last question before we wrap up is, because it made me think of it, is I do want to talk about that that fucking intimacy you had with scene with mildred i mean i had a whole 10 minute discussion about it on my first recap episode because i was like i'm here for it in a sense because any other straight show we see the same thing right um Mm -hmm. i was worried about what kind of discourse would come from bigots of Mm -hmm. now seeing this very openly queer couple doing this um Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I was like, but I want equal representation. But also, what the fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs> but also, like, what the fuck was that?
1: <laughs> okay, I'll break it down. I'll break it down. Be- join me in my journey in my eyes that day, that night. Okay, we're going back to September of 2021 when <laughs> this was all going down. And we were like two days in the filming. Okay, what had happened was there was different time periods of like slots that this was the breakup night. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. And what everyone was, I mean, you got to think of our situation. We heard through the grapevine that as other couples were being filmed, that everyone was sad and this or crying or this, you know, and, and you only see like me and one other couple, um, mm-hmm know us you know like to have a breakup scene yeah they're not gonna put all five couples in their breakup Mm -hmm. night right Mm -hmm. um you know so that if we were the highlighted ones i wonder why but um but yeah like we heard that like most people were like crying and this and that and that and like all of them were so we're just like i guess we got to like let's switch it up like let's do something and then if you think about it we are gonna go through a almost two week dating period where we don't talk to her ex at all we can't even look at her ex we couldn't anything we literally had like bodyguards we're being allowed to like like we would get escorted to where we cannot be in contact with her ex whatsoever wow we would be put into hotel rooms yeah doors would be shut we had bodyguards at the door p.s lawsuit um that's um what's it called that's that we're part of the love is blind lawsuit that's yeah Mm -hmm. or something yep yeah, it's um what is it? I forget what it's called, but basically you're kind of like confined to a space. Um and that's in itself like a misdemeanor or a felony yeah. or something. I forget yeah. what it's called. But anyway, not getting to that. Um false imprisonment. Sorry, false, Thank you. false yeah. imprisonment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, at, at fear of being
0: charged money if you leave. Like you're being yeah, yeah anyway.
1: Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. anyway. That's mm-hmm. all another thing. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, anyway, yeah. yeah, like we were um now everyone else is leaving and everything, but like we're like, hey, I'm not gonna see you at all for two weeks during that. And on top of that, three weeks mm-hmm. I'm gonna be with someone else. You mm-hmm. don't know what's gonna happen, right? Mm-hmm. So that's five weeks where we're not gonna be interacting with each other at all, maybe other than two scenes, you know. Yeah. So basically, we're like, we gotta leave out with a bang. Yeah. So that's what we did. And however, love it. we did so, yes, they did the setup and everything. It wasn't like in the heat of the moment, they did like a setup we wanted to make it more of like a sensual thing Mm -hmm. and then we did give a code word to when it got started getting more heavier we gave him a code word i forget what that code word was let's call it bubbles um when we said the word bubbles that means get the fuck out and when we said the word bubbles what did they do they got the fuck out that's good and um good. exactly so it never got further than what you saw like i think that was the most you get to see mm-hmm. and um we kept it you know you do see a little bit of like like there's like a slight neck mm-hmm. so very little. yeah but um <laughs> no i'm not i'm not mad about it but <laughs> they stretch their limits but they kind of like you know yeah. um but yeah like i mean they were so respectful um totally respectful about it we i was we were in a room i think the room had about the actual room itself had about five six people in it um and then like you know outside of the room was like Mm -hmm. two or three people kind of like navigating the whole thing Mm -hmm. um but it didn't feel uncomfortable that's how that's how they they were making art i guess you could say like you saw like even the videography Mm -hmm. the camera like they were being artistic like they went they shot through the mirror to look mm-hmm. back on us. Like mm-hmm. that was pretty cool, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, there were just more so about getting the job done, you know. Um, I love that. I didn't get any creepy vibes whatsoever. And a lot of the queer people backstage and stuff were uh, not backstage, but just some production. I would say like seventy-five percent of production was queer. So it's it didn't even oh my matter. gosh, I
0: didn't even think to ask that question. That's great. Yeah. Thank you for letting me know. Yeah, that's yeah. wonderful. I love that. Oh, I love that. Yeah. No, it did seem fine, but I was just like, wow, wow,
1: this is. 15 minutes to 15 minutes of episode one they did not wait
0: no they didn't and that's what you were saying you're like oh i'm getting i'm getting this edit as a fuck boy like sex so sexual like fanatic and i was like yeah well so there you go you know yeah. like
1: i think i still would have gotten that because like we're so back and forth but they did yeah. use the element of
0: Yoss. sex that keeps yeah. us together
1: that yeah. was kind of like the the, the storyline yeah. they were going with so yeah absolutely After.
0: Yeah, like you said, ninety five percent true at it. Okay, I love it. <laughs> so, um, let I guess let my followers and listeners know where they can find you and what other upcoming events you have. We know not um on September sorry June twenty fourth I believe next Saturday you'll be in Denver with Vanessa doing a Pride event.
1: Doing a Pride event? At, yeah, Woman X uh, Pride event. It's called the Glow Up Party. Right. Oh, no wait it's called the ultimate glow up party um uh, but yeah you can find me on Instagram tiff. so it's tiff.ddr you can find me on Instagram that and um Tick same as X screen name and then um yeah a little for your little podcast going on um you know we talk a lot of things ultimatum but also we, we are just talking about other things like we have a podcast yeah. coming up talking all about what's going on with the whole target situation mm-hmm. and everything so we're trying to branch off but obviously we're going to talk about the ultimatum when it's hot get some viewers and things yeah, like that of course as you um, should we're yeah but, absolutely um, <laughs> yeah yeah um but yeah so that's called Fweeb's podcast so it's f-w-e-e-b-s um podcast so we're on spotify and youtube um but yeah that's where you can find me and um i think i'm fun i think i'm I think i'm cool and um you'll probably see a lot of pictures and shit of my cats and dogs and Yeah. <laughs> probably making really bad jokes.
0: Oh. That's my life. I love it. I can attest Tiff is cool and nice and has cute animals. And I am really excited for your I'm really excited for your future and excited to see how things shake out for you and uh see your Instagram journey and hopefully some spawn con in the future. Cause I'm always here rooting for anyone to get con from this trauma. Yeah.
1: What are you talking about
0: Spawn. oh like you know get paid to like promote some shit
1: oh, oh okay that's what i thought you were going with on mm-hmm. this yeah 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 i got some stuff in the works um but i definitely want to make sure that it like resonates with who i am yeah yeah i love that um yeah. there was a recently a. Uh, don't know if this was intentional or not i had a uh people or a company come up to me basically saying that like get a background check for like you know like it's basically i'm sponsoring something that you know a lot of people are on social dating apps blah, 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 and you never mm-hmm. know who you're dating mm-hmm. get a background check and i'm like thinking like is this intentional or not <laughs> like what is <laughs> like oh my god i love it uh, so you <laughs> know i kind of cool. look at the intentions of what's going on but yeah we'll see we'll see yeah it was a pleasure jenna yeah. thank, you, thank you so much for your your time and um I love your podcast. Um, oh. Everyone listening to this podcast right now, I really recommend her podcast.
0: Oh, thank you, Tip. That's really fucking sweet. Oh, my God. A plethora of new viewers. Thank ah. you. I appreciate you. I I truly am so we'll blessed. We'll shout out
1: your podcast on our next uh, episode. Oh, thank you. To we'll, we'll shout out your podcast. Oh, I
0: love it. And let's let's keep it. Let's, I don't know. Come on yep. and talk about some shit. Like, let's. Yeah. Uh, some shit um yeah thank you so much oh my god and yeah thanks for everyone for listening so much i really have been having so much fun covering the show and meeting new people being Natasha and Tiff and hopefully some maybe some other people from the cast and uh just making some great gay connections it's been really filling my my soul up and my cup up in this pride month of 2023 so I appreciate y'all for listening make sure you're subscribed and if you are having a good time give us a Rating, review, and uh, follow along for other future reality TV discourse here at Date Card Pod. Okay, Tiff, I fucking love you. Thank you so much. Bye. I love you. Thank
1: you. All right, bye.
0: Thank you for listening to Date Card Pod. Make sure you're following us on Instagram at Date Card Pod and follow your hosts at Jenna with a smile and at Drunk Feminist. Date Card Pod is produced by Andrew Olson. You can follow him on Instagram at androne. Our music is by Jet Overly. Follow and support him on Instagram at JettyBoyJames. And our logo design is by Michaela Jane. You can find her work at MichaelaJane.com and on Instagram at Michaela Jane. Drop a review on iTunes if you're nasty like that. Bye. Bye. Oh, hello.